how do dyslexics actually cause change in their lives that truly lasts? Let's dig straight into it. Okay, guys, let's dig straight in. So I want to talk today about experience and I want to talk about change. One of the biggest struggles every human being, whether you're dyslexic or not, has is how do I affect change in my life? Now, so often we, we sit around and we have this feeling like we're not able to change. We keep seeing the same patterns repeated time and time again. If you look at your day or once it ends and you actually look at what you did, the amount of stuff that has been drawn on from the previous day or the patterns you continue to do is mind-numbing. And even if some of the patterns are not actually helping us anymore or for whatever reason don't work, we keep doing the same thing over and over again. Now, many people look at it and say, hey, we're just doing it because we're comfortable. Um, but most of it's actually subconscious. A video I was watching recently spoke how 95% of your day is run by the subconscious mind. Only 5% is run by the conscious mind, which kind of makes sense. Your body's trying to save energy, and by running subconscious patterns, it doesn't actually involve the conscious mind drawing in that much energy. It's why when you try and make a conscious decision, you're actually struggling because sometimes it is so intense, it can use up a huge amount of energy. But the real question here is how do dyslexics actually change? Now, one of the things I learned from doing um, the Davis course around dyslexia is everything we change, learn, and go through is done through experience. So you have to experience something, usually more than once, to start building it into your life. You can't just think, in my opinion, and manifest a change. It doesn't actually work. It's not a, an experiential thing. It can be very challenging even just to use affirmations because affirmations and words are not the way we standardly learn. So it's actually got to come from hands-on experience. So I've, I've looked at it and I've kind of found two types of experience that have led me to change in my life for the better. Now, both experiences are not actually always focused on what the result is, but focused on what is the actual doing action that I have to take. Now, those two things that we're going to talk about, the first one, and I'll get to the second one shortly, is aha moments. Now, an aha moment is an experience that you can't always plan, but it's usually a massive thing in your life. When I think back over, over the biggest change in my life, it's usually been when I've either got into a new relationship, I've started a new business, uh, something's happened that I didn't expect that has caused an experience that has truly broken into my soul and changed me as a person. Um, and it's usually changed something that I didn't expect it to change, but it, but it has done that anyway, which is really fantastic. But they're very hard to drive because you can't always tell when an aha moment's going to happen. And naturally, they're very uncomfortable. They're probably the most uncomfortable things that can happen is when something massive changes in your life um, at full speed. And what I'd suggest is if you do go through those in your future, um, the perspective you have on big, massive, painful moments is how, how you can actually use them for energy for change. So something happens, you don't look at it as a bad thing, however hard that is in the moment, but try and consider what are the good things to come out of it? What can you use this energy to change your perspective on? Because it's your perspective which drives your actions. 
So be very aware of it from that point of view. Um, I, I know for myself, since doing more work around dyslexia, when I've had a couple of those big moments recently, they've actually caused massive change. Like I gave up alcohol, um, I've been off it for eight weeks now, and that came from a massive aha moment. And I couldn't have planned that aha moment if I tried, but it happened. You know, it was a painful conversation that led to it. Um, so that's the first way, and it's, it's to be honest, it's the best way, but you can't, however hard I try, you can't force those aha moments uh, directly, in my opinion. I'm welcome for someone to come back and tell me if they can, and I'm happy to do a podcast on it, but I haven't seen it myself. You can kind of get them if you put yourself in more uncomfortable positions, uh, more and more and more, but um, again, that's very hard in my personal opinion. Now, the second way was listening to another video. They talked about this. Um, they said there's two ways humans build patterns. One is through hypnosis. Um, and I haven't really done a lot of it in my in my adult life. But um, what they spoke about is when someone's a child, between the age of zero and seven, that's when they're embedding so much stuff. It's why they're so creative. It's why they're so open to things. They fall down, they get back up, and they keep going. So there's a huge amount of time where they're embedding all this key information, and it's in a hypnotic kind of state. They're, they say there are different waves in the brain that allow your brain to absorb information. Because you think when you're born, you've got no previous patterns. That first seven years is going to build you to be the person you are. Now, don't, don't go away and blame your family for everything they've done wrong and why they could have done things better. The grand scheme is it's happened. It is, you are where you are. But it's good to be aware that that part of your life has actually probably caused a lot of who you are today. Um, and it's up to you to choose to change it. You, it's not actually part of your identity in the fact that you've chosen it to be part of your identity, but it is stuff that you've absorbed over that period of life. Now, that it doesn't account for everything. Good example is driving. You, you didn't actually learn to drive when you were seven. You've learned that in another way. And now that way is called repetition. So we think about when you learn to drive, it was based on, on repetitive practice. You know, you probably made mistakes. I hated parallel parking. I could have, you know, I probably still don't do it that often today, but occasionally I have a win. But um, things like that, you've, you've done through pure experience. And that's what we want to do is repetitive experiences are what changes habits. Now, you'll hear a thousand people saying, oh, you've got to do things for three weeks to build a habit, or you've got to do things for four days, or blah, 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 blah. To be honest, don't get stuck up on the days. You've just got to be consistent with it. Um, and it might take you two months. It might take you 10 days. It might take you a year. It's going to be different for every habit, depending how embedded previous patterns are. I'm going to give you a great example. Till about maybe four months, maybe three months ago, I couldn't cook rice to save my life, especially in a pan. I'd probably done it four times in my life and I probably had four bad experiences. But I came back from a trip to the Philippines where they ate rice all the time and I made a decision to get uncomfortable and cook rice. Now, many of you are thinking this is stupid. It's bloody rice. But it's, a, it's an example of what we're talking about. And this, this goes through every type of experience. So I forced myself to do it the first day, and it turned out terrible. I forced myself to do it the second day. It was a bit better. It was edible. Third day, it was more edible. Fourth day, I was comfortable with the times it was going to take. I knew when to take it off. And as I say, as I progressed, I've never cooked rice this much in my life. I really enjoy a bit of brown rice. Um, and I have it probably five to six times a week in the last three months. Um, whether you agree with my health choices is your, your call, but... Um, 
I've really enjoyed it. Um, and that experience is built into me now. I don't feel uncomfortable cooking rice, so I find it a real easy go-to. Um, and that's only come about through, through consistent experience. Not focusing on the result of failing with rice, but taking it as a learning stage. And this plays a bit back onto the previous podcast about playing life a bit like a game. But what you're going to notice is the more you do repetitive experiences, the better. You know, with meditation, for example, I try and do that for 10 minutes every single day. I've prioritized it. I've put it up my list. It doesn't matter if the world's ending. I will still go and meditate. It's probably a good thing to do if if the world's ending. Have a bit of relaxing time. But um, I haven't put a, a barrier around myself about what the result I'm trying to get from it. I'm just making that consistent action. So what I'd suggest is if, you, if you're considering a change in your life, start with something at the kitchen sink level, something small. Don't try and change everything in your life. Try and think about what consistent beneficial thing could I do if I did it repeatedly. Try and do something that'll only take you maybe three to five minutes a day, but, but promise yourself you're going to be consistent about it. Be, put alarms on. If you miss it one day, don't beat yourself up. Go, how could I have remembered to do that better? Um, because that consistency, going through the consistent learning process is challenging. You're going to have, you're going to come into yourself resisting it. You're going to find yourself forgetting about it. You're going to find things come up. But um, take that as a lesson. Don't take it as a, as a fault. You know, remember when you were a child and you learned to walk. You probably don't remember it, but you didn't fall over 10 times and go, well, how about I just lie down for the rest of my life? Didn't really happen that way. So how can you start to apply it? How can you start to get through those pains and build those habits that are going to change your life? And as I say, pick one and really challenge yourself for the next month to build it in. I found meditation being great. I've done um, going to black coffee over milky coffee because I don't agree with milk. Um, I've gone to um, doing a seven-minute workout in the morning instead of a one-hour one that I kept missing. Um, I've added in fasting until midday is a personal choice. So these things, I just do them one by one. I don't try and do 20 of them in a day. I do one by one, and as it starts to embed and I'm comfortable, more and more comfortable with it, I then look at the next one. And what happens is your results start to tick up, even though I'm not focusing on my overall life results They just start to get better because of these small, consistent, experiential habits that I'm embedding in my life. You know, it's also stopped me looking for um, reading 20 books and applying nothing. Why should I read 20 books and apply nothing? It makes no sense. I would be better to apply something but read a lot less. Does that make sense? You know, it's not to say you stop, like I still listen to podcasts, but I take them as entertainment half the time as opposed to... Uh, something I'm going to apply everything from. So I hope that's made a bit of sense. But start to, you know, if you want to take anything from this podcast, make sure you take one step and make sure it's consistent. And don't be scared when things don't work out exactly as you originally planned. Hope that's made sense, guys. Have a fantastic rest of your week and you'll hear from me next week.